Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 78 of Red Wings Rant, where tirades and impassioned pleas for your Detroit Red Wings have a home. Uh, just met here right now. As we just wrapped up, uh, we got news that Vladislav Nemistikov was signed by very own Detroit Red Wings. Uh, it, it actually... Uh, it, it comes on the heels of us having a show that wrapped around the idea that, uh, you know, we, we were making these moves that weren't necessarily pushing us to another level, I would say. Uh, but this one definitely gets us a lot closer to what that next level would be. And uh, do I say that to mean that this guy is going to be inserted into a top six and turn them into Stanley Cup champions? No. Uh, but, uh, oh, let me give it a quick recap here. It's, uh, two at 2 million per year, one and a half this year, two and a half next year. Uh, but, but this is a guy and this, and this is what we want to do is just take a look at the hard analytics as we roll through his, uh, his career here. But I mean, this is a guy that, that can make a difference in the middle six year lineup. Uh, so what the Red Wings have seen in the last couple of years and, um, you know, much smarter individuals have put together the idea that our first line performs in the middle of the league in regards to first line analytics and statistics. When we can roll a Dylan Larkin and insert, you know, a Bertuzzi and an Anthony Mantha onto that first line, we've seen a lot of success. We've seen a team that can keep up first line for first line as we roll throughout the league. Obviously, it's tougher to compete against the likes of the Toronto Maple Leafs and, uh, the, you know, the Connor McDavid's with the Oilers. But in the grand scheme of things at the macro level, the first line does well. And it's once we start to drop to the second line, third line, fourth line, we start to see those major drop-offs. So now the Red Wings have essentially made a couple of decisions where Eisenman's made it clear that Zadina's playing on this team. Uh, we pick up a Bobby Ryan who, you know, for all intents and purposes, you don't you don't get too excited about eight points in 20 games or 25 games. But I, I think we know there's more in Bobby Ryan than what we saw in the uh, in the stats from what he did with um, uh, what he did with Ottawa. So I'm going to put that as like, all right, this this could really work out. Plus, Bobby Ryan's going to be a guy who's probably playing to get traded to a better situation. Uh, just to be flat out honest here. Uh, Nemistikov, again, two years. This is another deal that does not hurt the Red Wings. And we we actually talked about, and you'll hear in the rest of the show, That's that was the major discussion. Like, all of these moves did not hurt the Red Wings. Uh, so basically what we want to do here, let's just take a quick look at uh, what's going on with uh, Nemistikov. Let me blow this up a little bit for you. Uh, if... If you haven't done yourself, um, you know, if you haven't done, given yourself an opportunity to check it out, easy peasy, career numbers coming off of hockeyreference.com, 189 points in 425 games. Uh, you know, these these are those bare bones numbers that I, I don't like to pull too much from. But, uh, you know, when he was, you look at uh, the regular season with Colorado um, and he's getting, uh, you know, four goals in nine games. 
don't forget to look at the shot percentage being 40%, which nobody's going to be able to keep up those numbers. So let's, let's move on. I, I just, you know, this, uh, this is nice to just kind of take a quick peek at like career numbers again, 189 points in 425 games uh, that shot percentage, which seems to be all over the map. If you take a look at shot percentage, uh, obviously that 40% is one we're going to ignore. But overall, career-wise, if you look at that 12.9%, it's pretty reasonable. You know, even with Ottawa at 54 games, he was at 15.3%. So looking pretty good. So while we scroll down here, these, these are the numbers that I like to take a look at is uh, those possession metrics. And over his career, basically what you're going to see is when he's with, let's say, the Tampa Bay Lightning. If he's with uh, them, uh, even though the Colorado numbers take a, a bit of a dip here uh, for either Corsi or Fenwick, um, it, it appears as though, and we'll get into this a little bit more when I take a look at natural stat trick in a second. And when he's with the good teams, numbers are good. When he's with the bad teams, New York Rangers and Ottawa, the numbers suffer a little bit. So what, what you want to keep pulling from this though, is like that shot percentage is pretty consistent. So what you're, what you're hoping for is that we're putting Nemistikov in a situation where when he's on the ice, regardless of this team being a good team where we say the Tampa Bay lightning, or we say bad team like New York Rangers or the Ottawa senators, uh, you know, can, can at least our line function to the next level. Uh, so are, are we going to be able to compare with where Nemistikov was playing uh, when he was with the lightning? And can we compare with where Nemistikov was playing when, uh, or would, are we going to be better? I should say, is the situation better for the Rangers and, and, and Ottawa's, um, let's say outcome for the whole, for the whole season when it relates to Nemistikov's um, statistics. Uh, so the next thing we want to take a look at here, and let me just stop sharing that screen. And we want to share uh, one more, which again is going to be from natural stat trick. Uh, last one coming from hockey reference. Uh, we, we can pull this up and you can see what I'm talking about in regards to uh, either playing for the Tampa Bay lightning, uh, the New York Rangers, Ottawa or Colorado in that expected goals percentage category. So what I'm getting at here is when things are good, they're great for Nemistikov. The expected goals percentage, again, is going to be that measurement of expected goals for and expected goals against. And, and this is while Nemistikov is on the ice, based on the shots that either his team is taking, which you could make the argument, this comes from an ability to control what's going on with your team, especially him being a center, can you put your team in these positions to get more shots and better shots at the net than your opponent? If we continue to, you know, to divulge into these numbers, um, that's where we've seen the success. If the Mystikov is in the right situation. And I mean, a team that's going to perform as well and have the strategy to throw more pucks at the net. Uh, like when he was with Tampa Bay, move him over to the New York Rangers and Ottawa. And you can see those numbers suffer just like anybody else. Uh, so I, I like, I, I, I think like another important thing to take a, a peek at here. And this, this is where we can kind of start to see, um, you know, how have things suffered in regards to his own performance or how, have, how has he kept up pace? So when he's with Tampa Bay, what you want to see are these, and, and what you can see here is the ICF and the IFF. These are the individual courses and the individual Fenwick. So the situations where he's getting a, a shot towards the net, throwing the puck towards the net, him as an individual. And I can at least say 
know, we can take a peek at this right now. So the, the numbers are going to be a little bit shorter when you're looking at those actual, you know, actually throwing the puck at the net. Obviously, it's going to be a lot shorter for this past season because we didn't play all the games. Um, but as you go through, um, you've got kind of the middle here at 2015-16 with the 119 and the 120s at 16-17, 122. These are all with Tampa Bay. So these, these are these are those Fenwick numbers is what I'm reading through right now uh, that, that line up, so to speak, with um, – with with him just being in the same range, right? That that's what we're looking for. So let's take a dip down to the New York Rangers in a full season. There, uh, you could go one twenties down to one thirteen. Okay, and if we take a look at the the Corsi numbers, he's in the one fifties and jumps up to one sixty. That 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 takes away uh, a couple of the chances when you switch between Corsi and Fenwick. But ultimately what we're not seeing here is a major drop off in those individual statistics where he's actually getting that production for the Corsi numbers and the Fenwick numbers. So in regards to a uh, possession uh, statistic, Nemistikov had not taken a huge step down himself in switching. It seems as though uh, based on the team stats or the on-ice stats, comparing that with his individual performance, uh, it's more along the lines of that individual team is affecting where his stats are going based on what we're seeing, uh, as opposed to it just being his own game dropping off. And again, you see a step up in the individual Corsi numbers for uh, Nemistikov while he's playing with the Rangers. Now, uh, same thing you want to see here is, is in regards to those high-danger Corsi uh, analytics. So the high danger chances obviously speak for themselves. They're right in front of the net, but you see those high danger, uh, Corsi four numbers. Again, this provided by natural stat trick, uh, kind of follow those same lines where he's in the forties and fifties for Tampa Bay. And as we move them to the Rangers again, where things are starting to take a step down in regards to, uh, results and winning and, and the team around you isn't so great. The individual high danger Corsi Ford numbers are pretty consistent. So I, I'm going to make the argument. And again, this is, this is taking a step back by the time he's on the ice, this is taking a step back a couple of years. Uh, so by the time he's on the ice and wearing uh, the winged wheel, there's some more age uh, on those tires, uh, so to speak. But then if we're talking bare bones age, we're talking a 27 year old kid right now. So uh, that drop off does start statistically around 27 or 28. But even if it is, uh, it, it follows the line of just uh, uh, not necessarily you drop off a cliff, but it's you're starting to slide down a hill, I think is the more accurate way to put it. We're not going to see as far as slide down the hill that's that's going to absolutely make this a bad contract. This is such this is such a great contract. I'll, I'll sum it up here. Uh, so we took a look at the analytics. We saw that there isn't a major drop off in his numbers uh, going from his individual numbers, going from a great team to a not so great team, right? Uh, and then if you take a look at the team statistics, you look at the on ice statistics, they can be a little bit misleading because he has a better team with Tampa Bay and it drops off considerably when he moves from, from uh, Tampa Bay to the Rangers and Ottawa. All that being said, we're still talking to a 27 year old kid. We're still talking to a kid who's in the, in his prime right now. And this, this is someone that you can insert in this middle. Um, you've got, uh, you know, your middle, middle six lines here a center that, that can definitely make a difference and is a major upgrade if we're talking Philpla. Uh, so th this is something I think as a Red Wings fan, you should be excited about. And we're going to jump into the rest of the show here in a second. Um, so I hope, uh, I do hope you 
through the rest of the show. Uh, there's some things we're going to say that are actually going to go against uh, how I feel about Nemistikov right now. And again, not saying we're <laughs> Stanley Cup contenders, but this is something to be a little bit more excited about uh, when when you start talking about um, free agency, who the Red Wings have picked up. It still sticks along the line, and, and this was the general theme of the episode, that um, we're not building a team through free agency. This is still that flexibility idea. This is still something that is extremely affordable for the Detroit Red Wings and is not going to hurt us once we, you know, you, you go three years out, it's not a problem. If it if it was a problem statistically, if it was a problem, um, you know, whatever, whatever could come up, it's done in two years. If it is a problem, I don't anticipate a lot of problems here. Um, I think we saw a lot of excitement. Yeah, uh, Milstein is the first person to share it uh, on Twitter and, uh, you know, he threw some exclamation marks on there. So he's, He's pretty excited from his side. Um, we know Steve has experience with uh, Nemistikov, so I say, everybody, be excited about it. Uh, I, I think out of everyone we've picked up, I think Bobby Ryan still has the most intrigue in regards to, uh, you know, that that will, will, will he take a step up production-wise and will this become some cool trade bait? But Nemistikov is right there, too. So, uh... You'll, you'll hear a lot of that going into the show moving forward. If the Mystikoff was uh, was already signed, that would that would probably eat up a lot of the conversation. So, uh, everybody, thank you uh, for tuning in. Uh, I'm glad we we got this out there uh, for you. So, have a listen and uh, in, enjoy the rest of the show. Do you want a true champion's perspective? Well, come on over to the Bulls broadcast where we talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning, have some friendly banter, and of course, hockey name of the day. If you pronounce it, you can get it. Anthony Nunschwander. Ah, you didn't pronounce it right. Anthony? Anthony Nunschwander. It's it's N-E-U-E-N. It's Neunschwander. Anthony Neunschwander. Dude, I always slept in German class, so I don't know know how you expected me to put that together. Come on. You only took it for four years. I took it for two. Took it for two years? Oh, no, Jay don't yeah. took it that long. I, I took it for two years and was, like, asleep in all of German, too. Oh, you, you, you only took it in, in uh, junior high. You didn't take yeah. it in high school at all. No. Yeah, she sent us across the hallway, and it was, like, me and, I don't know, five other people, and all we did was just goof off because it was an empty room of just us while she was too busy yelling at you guys because you guys were a terrible <laughs> class. No, we were in terrible class. A couple people were terrible people. Uh, not going to mention names. Not going to call it anybody in this pod. It was Chase Crawshaw. It was 100% <laughs> not me. Oh, boy. I know a couple of those names, but uh, yeah, it's a good point, Chase. We won't mention those here. New episodes every Monday, only on the Hockey Podcast Network. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode 78 of Red Wings Rain. Red Wings Rain, of course, is uh, where tirades and impassioned pleas about your Detroit Red Wings have a home. Woo! Uh, quite a busy week. Of course, like uh, some other podcasts that cover the Detroit Red Wings, we don't take a break. That's right, we went all summer, we're still going. Thank you.
also host a pro wrestling show every Thursday night. Uh, we haven't quite locked down a for sure time. Uh, that being said, we tried 8.30, and uh, this past week we had other plans, so we went at like 9.50. So just hang around Thursday night. Keep your calendar clear for pro wrestling talk. All right. And uh, oh Card subject to change. Exactly. Uh, and then, uh, of course, our website, bodpodcast.com and brothersofdiscussion.com is the hub for all things Brothers of Discussion. Of course, we just updated the website if you are following along with us. So there is a home for Red Wings Rant, uh, as we should have done a long time ago, and uh, a home for our pro wrestling chat. So all the archives are there. Check it out. Uh, all the old episodes for both shows and, of course, blogs for both uh, topics. And, of course, we are hoping to expand everything, too. Uh, so just keep uh, keep an ear out. All right. Uh, we're also brought to you again by the uh, – let me put up the logo here. Uh, we had it in the opening. Uh, we got a brand-new logo. Look at that beauty, the uh, Hockey Podcast Network in the uh, upper right-hand corner. Uh, I, I hope that they put that together just to match uh, the Red Wings colors. I'm pretty sure they did because they know how amazing this show is. Look at the production value, Mike. We are straight out of Little Caesars Arena. We just happen to have these weird poster boards behind us that look like our basements. Mmm, the sweet smell of pepperoni and cheese. <laughs> what could which be was, better? Which was apparently a selling point for some of the free agents we picked up. Uh, but uh, by, by the uh, the Hockey Podcast Network being one of the... Uh, uh, why, why we're here in front of you now, uh, you've got to make sure you go over to the thehockeypodcastnetwork.com and at HockeyPodNet to make sure you're following along. Uh, with all the big news coming out for the network and uh, every show that's attached to it, they have a hockey program for every single team. We've got more coming. They have some fun individual shows that are covering the entire NHL. You don't want to miss it. It's at HockeyPodNet and the thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. Mike, we've got a 2020 NHL draft. We've got uh, the free agency market opening. We're, we're two days into that. Uh, you could make an argument, you know, Somebody could have been signed overnight, so we're a little bit deeper than two days. But um, overall, where's your tummy at? Where, where's your tum-tum? If I was talking to my daughter, I'd go, where's your tum-tum? And then she'd go. I feel the exact same. Um, <laughs> the wishing, the wanting is over. We are in it. We're in the midst. There's no more you know, prognosticating. We officially have draft picks on our team. My God, Lucas Raymond is a Red Wing. Woo! Mike, uh, I, I, I know I'm gonna. I need to hold back. Oh, I need to not you mean, pat myself uh, on the back too that's much. That's what I was worried. Yeah, I don't want you to tear a rotator cuff with all the back padding you're going to be doing. I because um, you I called not been, just the first pick. You've also right. called the second pick. And if you know anything about Chris Draper, you also called one of our last picks. Um, his, because Keeney Draper is now in the Red Wings pipeline. Um, I'm really excited to talk about that in a minute. But Matt, I think the the biggest takeaway from what's happened the past couple of days is the plan, the Iser plan. Now it is a cute buzzword, right? Because uh, it Thank rhymes you. with Iser man, um, Iser plan. <laughs> But more importantly, it looks like there actually is an Iser plan. Um, and chances are, if you're listening to this show, you've either followed the Red Wings, you know, the, you know, in your lifetime, um, and you've seen them kind of fly by to the seat of their pants and, you know, uh, give coffin deals to 
a myriad of players who didn't deserve them, or you follow other Detroit sports, and it doesn't seem like there's anything uh, really discussed in a, in a room, in a war room. It just feels like, you know, we're going to haphazardly add some goofs. Uh, I'm looking at you, Lions. I'm looking at you, Tigers. Um, looking at you, Pistons. Um, but it feels like Iserman, Matt, he's got something in the works. He's either getting young people or he's getting people who are like 30 years old and giving them one year to prove themselves. So, um, you know, those, those you know, chip on the shoulder kind of guys. And you got one year or two years to make us um, impressed. And if not, well, it's low, low risk, uh, high reward. Or trade him away. And we'll That's see right. you next year, just like good old Thomas Vanek. Love, I love that. <laughs> I love that experiment. That was great. Trade him away, good. grab draft pick, come on back next year. Right. Well, I you know, let's uh, let's get this out of the way here, uh, yeah. Matt. Matt, you called it. Um, I was I was I was leaning towards a defenseman because I wanted to really uh, you know have a, a real uh, salt pillar of strength. Um, you know, for for one area of our team. But instead, we got, you know, I think a consensus number four talent out of the draft. After after the cream of the crop, Lucas was right there. He was like, you know, the sweet tea of the crop. Really, really excited about him, Matt. So, um, well, yeah, let's jump in. Uh, We'll we'll dive a little bit deeper than being really excited. Uh, We have, uh, so it wouldn't be fair for us to sit here and go, here is, you know, this is what you get from Lucas Raymond from the minds of the brothers of discussion, because we've said to you all season, and we hope that others have come out and been more honest. We did not watch every single game of Lucas Raymond. So here, here's what we do to make ourselves feel better is uh, there are the, the uh, gentlemen and uh, the ladies and gentlemen of the athletic or Yahoo sports or ESPN uh, TSN is, for, you know, if any Canadian listeners are like, what about all those Canadian places? All right. So uh, what we do is we we have our best buddy, Corey Pronman, and uh, his thoughts. But uh, in Raymond, the Wings got the fourth best player on the board at number four. Uh, redundancy uh, at its best. No, and <laughs> that that all that all is is funny to, to read as well. Like, I, I do want to dissect these line by line, I guess. Uh, I didn't really want to, but here we go. Uh, we don't know where any of these guys are, but we, we're sitting here. We're going to make ourselves feel better because of what the experts are saying. Uh, so will this work out? I mean, obviously I've been touting Lucas Raymond all season. So I felt like from what I had been reading around the league and especially considering that he, at some points he was jumping up to the number two, uh, draft prospect, like it, it just kind of felt like you don't do that on accident. And and you'll also see like with the, uh, uh, the Niederbach pick, uh, you know, we're not going to hide what happened here. We all know what happened. Like it was sort of that same scenario where Niederbach was a little bit higher, but injuries kind of pulled that back. And even in the press conferences we saw from Eiserman, where he's talking about Niederbach, the uh, conversation of, you know, these guys all need time to develop. So if we've seen like an inkling of skill or, or something that can push these guys into NHL ready or, or being something we can count on. Uh, and especially with the Niederbach, I mean, we just saw him yesterday, lighten it up um over uh you know overseas so at least you know we can turn around yesterday and just go okay cool feel better about that already (laughs) but um but when you see a guy jump up to number two basically what i'm saying is there has to be a reason for that uh but just to uh, continue on prineman's thoughts uh his skill level is right at the top of the draft with lafreniere 
game breaker with his hands and playmaking due to his size and just fine skating. Uh, he'll, he'll need uh, time to physically develop. So that that line there is definitely pointing towards even in even in the first year where he, uh, I think there's some question in, in regards to whether or not if the Red Wings started in January, if uh, Lucas Raymond is even going to be available to them, uh, considering right. his, his play right now with uh, Fralanda. That being said, is he even going to play the next season? I, I don't know. Because if we're talking about a guy needing to fill out his body, that might be a little bit more important to make sure he's around for the long haul. Then, uh, so I'm not saying definitely keep him out. I'm just saying that that's something we all have to like kind of, all right, put that in the back of your mind because that could become a reality uh, yeah. is that we don't see him for two seasons. Like uh, I, a couple trends here. The first three picks all from Sweden. Um, I don't know why we decided to pillage that poor country and take all their hockey talent, but we did it. Um, the other fun thing, like you mentioned, uh, filling out their body. Uh, our first three picks, 5'11", uh, buck seventy. Six foot four, but 191. And then uh, another 5'11, 172 pound guy. I'm about 5'8, about a buck 80. Um, so, yeah, we need to get some meat on these bones uh, for these little kids. Um, but <laughs> if that's if that's all they're worried about, you know, they've been flying around, uh, you know, those those high metabolisms being young boys here. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, once they, they do get in the, you know, professional training, professional weight room, um, you know, that's that's how they can kind of, you know, make more of a presence at the at the man league here in the NHL. So I think, Matt, watching Lucas Raymond, it, it, it wasn't, you know, probably a skill thing, keeping him out of like one, two, three. It was just picks one, two, three were, you know, more filled out guys who also had skill. So I think Raymond, he's you know, he's just going to be a few years of seasoning away from, you know, being um, a real contributor. Um Right, which which still completely fits the Iser plan. Uh, I I actually did see some folks complaining about uh, the Lucas Raymond pick. Number you know, first of all, they're pulling up like stats from last year uh, with his like thirty two games played in the men's league with like ten points, and it's like that's not what that's not how drafting works. <laughs> you can't just right. go. Well, this guy played in the men's league and it didn't work out. And I then thought that was other- the league he. Yeah, wasn't that the league he played on the fourth line and they only gave him like eight to yeah. ten minutes a game or something like right. that. Yeah, that's and, and there there was a great thought that was brought up with even with the preseason games where he's looked so much better uh, in this current season and then moving into the regular season in the men's league that uh, the amount of time he's played because he his his uh, time on ice has increased. It's actually more at this point than 25 percent of all the time he played last year. So when people were like, well, you can't use this uh, to judge a guy and where the Red Wings, I'm, I'm guessing they did. Uh, you could use that to judge the guy because it was a quarter of the entire sample we had from the previous season. <laughs> so when you take a quarter of that sample and show a ton of improvement in regards to elusiveness and moving the puck, and of course, uh, you know, the, it was the gift we talked about last week uh, was that beautiful shot, something you can't teach. Uh, you just got to know how to do that. And um, I mean, those, those those are the types of things that you want to see, I, I, I think, is more important. Everybody keeps talking about hockey IQ. Um, but number two on that list has to be, I think, I, it's got to be showing like actual improvement. Because if we, we have these guys and we see them, like one of the things that always bothered me with Rasmussen was he was a giant against junior players and he looked great. But did we see improvement moving forward? Um, 
so far, I think what we've seen is a guy who is kind of bringing the same game. Uh, it works out in, in Grand Rapids a little bit better than it does for the Red Wings, but um, like that's the fear. And a guy like Rasmussen doesn't work out if he doesn't start taking those steps forward. And we could sit here and just go, hey, he's a Red Wings prospect. That that means he's all good. Um, but, you know, we got to be got to be honest with ourselves. I don't know if we've seen too much out of him, but that's where every, that's where the failings come from, right? Is that lack of improvement. And we can at least say eyeball test, Lucas Raymond. You know what? Fuck it. Not even eyeball test. Analytics and stats. Through those games with Rolanda. Uh, so both of those combined, you've got the eyeball test and stats. One up. So, boom. Lucas Raymond. Great pick. All right. Nobody's arguing if it was a, a bad pick. I think I'm just throwing out there. I can't believe people are still on Twitter going like, oh, look at his stats with Ferlanda. Anyway, who, who else did we get, Mike? Uh, we could go on for days. Uh, William Wallander. This is um, – I got to blow this up. Sorry. I, I won't, Okay, I won't go through this line by line. Uh, but I, I do like this, uh, you know, the thought here. He's intrigued NHL teams uh, because of his athletic tools. For me, when I was going through the prospect list, I just saw six foot four and I wrote him down. Like I was like, "That's our second pick." <laughs> I, I, you know, I there there was nothing else in in my mind. Like, um, you know, again, we'll, we'll go through the list because Pronman actually says here too. He's he has higher uh, hockey IQ levels. So again, we keep talking about like the Iser plan and what 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 are the patterns that Iserman is developing here when he's uh, making these picks. Uh, high hockey IQ, which is the reason why people thought we were going to go with uh, Perfetti in the first round instead of Lucas Raymond. Quick recap there. Lucas Raymond, also high hockey IQ, but doesn't come along with the asterisk of skating needs to improve. Um, So with Wallander, you've got that again. Uh, But another thing. So what are we doing? We're making a list here. Hockey IQ. Uh, Do we see improvement? Uh, Number three, like actual size of the human being, because you can teach someone to get bigger. (laughs) You can. (laughs) You can. can. Yeah, you can teach someone to fill out that body. What are we doing, man? (laughs) No, you you can teach someone to to fill out the frame. So you can't. Uh, Okay. You can't. uh, Yeah, you can't teach six foot four, but you can (laughs) bulk it up. Right. Because uh, I, I, I laughed at that. You can't teach it, but you can. You can teach someone to bulk up. And that's 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 going to be the plan there. I mean, you have you have all the money in the world. Uh, so just uh, give this guy a nutritionist. Give him a uh, what do you call it? Um, Jesus. Uh, wh- who helps you get what is what is that? What is that job called? Come on. Uh, a trainer? Wasn't hey, anybody? Yeah, whatever. Trainer. Just give him someone just for him. Bulk him up. <laughs> this guy could be a beast. I just, um, uh, yeah, I just real quick before we get too far into uh, like hockey IQ, I can't remember which scouting report I was looking at. Um, it wasn't even, a, I don't even think it was a Red Wing, but there was a guy where the uh, individual giving the scouting report was like, you know, I was thinking about giving him a 60, and instead I went with a 55. and and I just, they just kind of trailed off and it wasn't like, what, what happened? What, what, what did you see that made their hockey IQ drop by five points? You know, I, I saw on his bookshelf, he did have a copy of, uh, you know, stories of the game, the Wayne Gretzky book, but it didn't look like he dog-eared any pages. So I went ahead and knocked it down from a 60 to a 55. It, it didn't look like the binding had uh, crumpled it all from use. So <laughs> his IQ definitely wasn't as high as originally thought. Um, so I, I just... It's such a, a crapshoot with this stuff. Um, 
you know, we're, we're gambling on, you know, 18, 19, 20 year old kids who live in a different continent. Um, but at least it seems like the Red Wings, if they're just going to be pillaging from Sweden, they at least had a camp of guys just watching all the Swedish players and at least getting the best out of, um, you know, one country. Absolutely. <laughs> I just, and not even know, just one country. It's so tough oh. to project this stuff because these guys aren't even going to play for, you know, outside of Raymond, maybe, you know, in the next year or two. I, I would be shocked if we saw William Wallander, uh, you know, before 2025. Is that, is oh, that, absolutely. Is that a no, estimate? no, no. That, much sooner than that. I, I, the way that, that this guy's reading, um, and he, he's, he's playing in the, uh, the J20 league with Furlunder right now. So, uh, I think it was, oh, he's got four games played too in the SHL. So he's got four, four adult games played so far this year. So that, I mean, that's what you want to see now, zero points in those games, but ice time, nonetheless, like that, that's the development we need to see. And it's almost like for Lunda at this point, they might as well change the, you know what? I would love for Lunda to change their name to the Red Wings at this point, because, um, Hey boys, uh, Indians, first of all, wrong not indians second of all uh you're in sweden so uh you would call them native americans uh and you're swedish so what the fuck's going on there i don't understand the fralunda indians um <laughs> just it that blows my mind uh i i went pretty hard on for? twitter what's that who's that for right i don't understand what's going on there <laughs> they picked indian like I I don't know how that happens. How you go from a Swedish team creating a name and you take a I, I don't know uh is it I I just asked for the definition the other day of xenophobia or um I mean it's definitely just flat out wrong. I mean we're talking about something being called an Indian and we're not talking about people from India. We're talking about Native Americans, but then if it's a Native American, why is that your yeah, logo in Sweden? It's super it's, confusing. It's so odd. It's almost like uh, when you get a, a, you know, somebody in uh, like a, a beginner's um, Egyptian hieroglyphics uh, class, and they, they haven't quite like nailed the uh, translation down, and they put Indians, and it was supposed to be indigenous Sweden Swedish people. Um, <laughs> so it's just... Uh, well, you get a C minus because you, you know, you were pretty close, but we were actually looking for uh, a, a non um, reductive racial uh, epitaph. So uh, you you did get the first couple letters of one of the Latin roots, but not quite what we were looking for on that one. Um, but we can move on. Matt, um, I, hey, I don't know if I, you want to. Can I be I, I got to confess something here. I was. Yes. I was looking at Elmer Soderblom's statistics a second ago when I was talking about Wallander because uh, I did want to bring up Elmer Soderblom. So I fucked up. I got to apologize here to everybody watching. How dare you? Uh, I know. Uh, but I, I wanted to bring that up for, for a good reason. Uh, again, this is uh, we're talking about size. Uh, and uh, it was Soderblom yesterday that um, he, he was a six round draft pick for us last year. Uh, but he, he's fucking was railing guys yesterday uh i think he racked up four total points um and and just i mean running right through guys or after the huge goal he scored yesterday i don't know if you got to see i i retweeted it but he he barely shoulder shrugged a guy but then just looked him down like 
one of the like he's so he's six foot seven, two twenty. So he's he's a fucking beast playing playing against these kids. So he should be racking up four points a game. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I, and I and I, what's funny is I saw I got that reminder of those stats because I was looking at uh, Niederbach stats, who's got nineteen points through eleven games right now. So he's I mean right now he's one of the leaders in the J twenty league, also leading uh, the the J twenty for Lunda. So it's it's just. Mike, I mean, these guys are all. If uh, if you talk about you know wanting to see those steps forward, you've got Soderblom taking a giant six foot seven step yesterday, where he's just just staring guys down to the ice. Uh, what's his, but, uh, what's what's his height overall in the NHL? Uh, it's <laughs> it's got to be a ninety nine, right? Because <laughs> I gotta. What's uh what's our boy in Boston? Is he six nine? Char- Chara Zadano. How, how, how tall is Chara? He's six foot nine. You know, so we have that this means... thing called Google instead of. <laughs> so I got to think Soderberg is uh, like a ninety-seven overall, right? Six six foot nine, two fifty. So yeah, he's got he's got to bulk up twenty-five more pounds and grow two more inches. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got to stretch that guy out. Exactly. Um, well, I I mean that's the top. You you kind of went through some of the top three picks here. Um, I don't know if you want to, you know, dwell yeah, on Donovan Sabrengo, uh, yeah. Draper. He basically gave us one sentence. Good skating D-man. Plays with physical edge. Um, hastily scribbled into a notebook and then submitted for your approval to the Midnight Society. Uh, we got Emil Vero. <laughs> uh, just a great interview. Uh a lot of great callbacks. I guess he made a lot of funny jokes at Draper's expense. Sounds like, um, and uh, has real leadership qualities. And I know Antonin Rota, Rota, our scout was real excited about him. So it sounds like he he gave Antonin a a, a real, um, you know, maybe nobody wanted to talk to Antonin and Emil, you know, took some time out of his day. And so the Red Wings, uh, you know, made a pick out of him, <laughs> which is not unheard of because we're going to find out that they did that um, in just a few picks here with uh, Keenan Draper. <laughs> uh, but we did get Sam Strange. And I, I always love getting these kind of players. Um, I always like when the Lions draft like Mr. Footballs or the Pistons will draft like a Mr. Basketball in California. And Sam Strange was a, a Mr. Hockey um, in Wisconsin. Um, and I, I am very excited for him to somehow make it to the NHL, live the dream, so we can have a bunch of Dr. Strange uh, vignettes, um, you know, uh, over the the Little Caesars Arena Jumbotron. Um, but apparently he's got a really hard shot. Um, and he's been cranking home runs. He's been cranking <laughs> hockey goals. And so hopefully that translates to an NHL career. Yeah. Uh, we we drafted one goalie. There's yeah, nobody kinda... in the pipelines. Uh, we're going to talk about our free agent pickups, but we got is a Jan Bednar. Um, he's six foot four, Matt Buck ninety six. Um, and Drapes had probably two of the best games I saw him play were in tournaments in the U.S. developmental program. So it sounds like we drafted a guy based off of two hot games. Um, and and there's uh so we heard Draper pronounce it Bednar uh on TSN I think when when he got picked up they said Bednash uh wow. so I don't know where the hell to go with this because you can either trust Draper who is our fearless leader in the scouting department or uh you know <laughs> I 
we go unphonetically as Americans. We're Americans. No, I, uh, <laughs> so I, I, I've heard two, the, those two different ones. I will confess, I've heard Bednar more than Bednash, but I think we just have to throw that out there as like that might be how that's pronounced. Uh, and we just, and we'll wait and find out and see if he makes it to the NHL if we have to worry about that. Yeah, my um, one uh, question here before we kind of move on, because we also yeah. drafted like an Alex Cotton. Um, Drake yeah, was, was just excited about a things. highlight show. Kyle O'Coin, you know, his dad was a middling, you know, player, Adrian O'Coin. Um, I think I picked him up in a few NHL video games. Um, are you surprised that we only drafted one goalie and it was kind of buried in the in our draft with, no. with our ton of picks? One of the things, uh, like, one of the things that, that I, 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 I talked about through the, uh, the season, and I kind of bring this up jokingly, but I, kind of, like, I like this strategy, is that, like, when I'm playing the NHL game, um, I, <laughs> I draft, like, two or three goalies right in the middle of the draft. All right, I know this sounds ridiculous, but when I saw all those second-round picks, I kind of thought that's what we were going to do, and we were going to see, like, a Blumquist come through. Um, I'm not at all complaining about our draft picks. I, I actually like what we did in that second round quite a bit, but, yeah. um, I, I think I would have liked one more goalie and, uh, we have, uh, glare, glare L does have the nice reminder that we have, we have some goalies in the pipeline. So I, I, for one, am just someone who likes to see, especially when we had so many picks to see a couple more goalies, uh, come off that draft. And I know, so the problem Are we talking is, about uh, Victor Bratstrom or Philippe Larson, uh, Calvin Picard. Ooh. No, not talking those guys. I mean, we, oh. we've we've picked up um, Kevin I, Boyle. <laughs> we picked up some, we picked Woo! up some sizable frames uh, to to throw in the net. Got but some big boys. Uh, the the issue is that you have to wait five years for these guys to develop. So the reason that I like to just keep building up that prospect base is because you never know what's going to happen injury wise. I mean, we just saw uh, some injuries uh, for the Red Wings. Is you know they're they're being loan they're loaning players out to uh, Europe. Yeah. <sighs> what was the latest one that we just saw? Because I know Zadina got hurt. Um, and and now there's I mean now there's just issues with development with these guys trying to find um yeah here we go uh Glare Lily does put uh Larson on there Eliason and uh Petrozelli I okay Petrozelli's the one that gives me a bit of an bit what's of an your noodle plant. yeah that's yeah. that's my eggplant um thanks buddy uh I hope you subscribe and uh we, we like more of these comments this is this is nice I don't have to do any googling while we're uh <laughs> while we're talking um <laughs> But where was I? Yeah. So now we're talking like that, that general strategy of like, you can't, you can't just go, okay, there is some base here because so many different things can happen. And like, uh, nobody would have, nobody would have thought you would have had to prepare. Like what happens when you miss a full season of development for your draft picks? And that's the world we're in right now. So now we're looking at everybody we drafted. It's, you know, thank God Elmer Soderblom looks like he, he took a six foot seven step forward um and just as crushing guys um <laughs> which is just i mean god that was so much fun to watch but if those guys aren't playing in europe and, and uh you know thank god we are picking guys up i wonder if again that was part of the strategy we don't know when these guys are going to play again but we know that there's games being played in sweden um but if that's not happening where are these guys going to get the development so that's that's where uh oh <laughs> all right so this is jesse jesse our buddy uh that's who's watching on youtube that you know jesse who let us know about stutzla oh thanks. yeah 
What's up, Jesse? <laughs> uh, so I, I hope that that makes sense, like that reasoning. And I, I always get all scrambled here once I start reading comments. But I hope, does that point make sense, Mike? Like, you just got to keep throwing draft picks down on, on these goalies because they take so long to develop. You don't know what's going to happen between the year of drafting and that, you know, four to five years it's going to take to develop. And then now we're in COVID era where we don't know when the next season's going to start, if the minor leagues are, are going to get rolling like they're supposed to. So now it's just this, Jesus, you gotta, you're not just rolling the dice anymore. I mean, you're, you're playing Dungeons and Dragons against, <laughs> against a Demogorgon. Like it's, it's so fucked up. Yeah. Um, I think that's the only piece of the puzzle that is a little bit different from what Iserman did for the Lightning. Because it feels like he drafted goalies a little bit higher. And so far through two years, that is something he's kind of, you know, uh, put on the back burner um, to try and fill out like the skating portion of the roster. Um, so I maybe it's just, you know, maybe he's just uh, underwhelmed by the goaltending prospects out there. But he might it, be overwhelmed with the one. I, I guess. I, <laughs> it's I, and I don't I don't know if I want to touch on where Eisman's head at uh, his head at is with that. I just mean like, does it make you know like the grand scheme of like you just need to keep drafting guys because the goalie uh, formula is you know three to five years of four to five years of development and then you get your shot. Like it it just so much could happen in between then. Like I just want to see I just want to see it built up every year. But I all right we're. Well. You just got to sit on that one and wait, I guess. Um, <laughs> Mike, you, you're yet to bring up, uh, I think, your favorite draft pick from... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Keenan Draper. Um, there he is. There he right. is. So this All is right. for the fun parts. Mike, I wanted to talk about this because my absolute favorite thing that came out of the draft was <laughs> Eiserman's press conference. And... I'm surprised he didn't like stop, pause, hesitate, and like look and look directly into the camera because he was asked about Keenan Draper. And uh, you know what? What is what is uh, Chris OU? I think was the question. What does Chris OU? Uh, because you let him pick up Keenan. Now <clears throat> this is this is sort of <laughs> eye opening for a lot of people. But what Steve said was, I wasn't a part of that. You know, at that point, what I do is I have my scouting team. They know what I'm looking for. And they, you know, they're going to draft in that direction. But then Steve started talking about how, you know, Chris did bring it up to him. And Steve goes, I don't know if I'd do that to my kid. Like, <laughs> I love that line. And this is what he said in, in the report. So there's two ways to look at that. I, I obviously, like, right away took that really negative. There's, there's the more human way of, like, do you want to put all that pressure on your son to, like, have to perform for right. his father to keep his job? Um but then that's where Steve took it to the next step and said, look, Chris and, and everybody, the, the scouts are doing their job to keep their job, which is one way to manage your team, uh, <laughs> which I, I know we, we both love the Iser plan and Steve, but uh, that, that'd right. be a scary thing to hear uh, reading in the newspapers the next day. But um, basically he said, you know, Chris, Chris is supposed to be making the decisions that are best for the Detroit Red Wings. Now, 
a seventh round draft pick. Is Steve Eisman really going to look at his amateur uh, uh, scout? And are say, people lose? Are people losing jobs over the seventh round? Exactly. All right. So that's where there's the you know there's the fun side, and then there's the Steve Eisman going. If you waste another one of my fucking seventh round picks, <laughs> um, I, I will um, say, look, I mean. We talked about like at the top of our draft, we have a, a lot of uh, potential, right? We have a lot of, we'll call them skeletons, like really talented skeletons, right? And we just got to fill them out with some meat. Um, and Keenan Draper is already coming in at six, fo- uh, six foot, um, you know, buck 87. So he's already kind of filled out. Um, and then you're just, you know, his dad's just saying, this is all about, you know, somebody who's got that drive. He's going to compete for you. Um and he's just continuing to get better. He loves going to the gym. Really oh, likes it. That's how I um, draft my hockey players when I'm playing <laughs> NHL. He just loves being on the ice. Um, skates or no skates. He just loves, you know, sliding out his belly from one goal to the other. Uh, <laughs> right, it's just, just, you know, me. <laughs> sometimes you'll look at like, you know, Ken Griffey Sr. And you'd be like, wow, I wonder how his kid's going to turn out. Let's draft him. I never looked at Chris Draper and thought, wow, I can't wait to get another one of those. But, uh, you know. Wasn't Ken Griffey Jr. like the first pick? Well, I guess <laughs> I guess what I mean is that. I'm kidding. You, you know, like Bobby Bonds and then Barry Bonds. You know, I didn't look at Keith, Chris Draper and think, man, I hope we get another Draper. You know? You're right. <laughs> um, I mean, you could kind of make the argument for like uh, a coin, but, I, you know, it, he's going to be a worker. Uh, so. Maybe one day he'll fill out that fourth line for us. Um, and one time his dad watched Scotty watched uh, Scotty Bowman's car, so that was pretty cool. So, all right. Uh, well, th- this is uh, this is my favorite part of the show, Mike. Um, I, I yesterday I wasn't washing my car, but uh, I surely was washing something because uh, I got my fresh new cut yesterday. <laughs> with uh, with the lawnmower 3.0, Mike. I, I'm going to confess that actually did happen yesterday. Uh, I, uh, just, you know, you know, when, uh, you brush the back of your head after you get a fresh haircut and you're like, oh, that's right. I got a haircut. Yeah. Um, there's nothing more alarming than knowing there was a nice, um, you know, bristle pad down there. Uh, and, uh, you reach down there and feel like this dry, (laughs) this dry, like snake like thing. Uh, it was alarming, but then I remembered, oh, right, now I'm nice and airy and I got space mm. to move. It, uh, it really, whew, it scared the crap out of me this morning. Uh, I just got to say, but, um, you know, I did it because I know I can trust the lawnmower 3.0. I know that I needed more space down in my undercarriage. Uh, so I, I did. I went to town. I timed myself because I said, this is going to be good for the show. Clip the whole bush in about two minutes. Uh, you got your... LED light to uh, light up where the sun don't shine. It's got that 7,000 RPM motor. There is nothing to not like about this, especially the fact that I can use this tool willy-nilly down there, uh, avoid all the nicks and scrapes. Uh, But uh, also, you want to have one of these so that you're not having to sit there for 45 minutes cleaning uh, your clippers for your face. Yes, that's right. Uh, Huge point missed there. (laughs) You've got a tool that's specifically... For cutting your family jewels uh so if you want to try out the lawnmower 3.0 have one of those surprising mornings like i did today where you're like what the oh right um <laughs> uh try out the lawnmower 3.0 get the whole package actually if you go on over to manscape.com 
Uh, you can get 20% off with the promo code THPN. That, of course, is in reference to the Hockey Podcast Network. It is uh, promo code THPN and 20% off for the Lawnmower 3.0 package. Only at manscaped.com. Oh, there's a little baby squirrel outside my window. And that is uh, oh. promo code THPN uh, for 20% off on that Lawnmower 3.0. All right. All right. Let's I get think, into uh, it. I think we. Right, we, t- we we touched on everything we wanted to do for the draft. I think obviously, like the to sum it all up, we're not going to know what the hell's going on uh, for <laughs> two to three years for half of this, and then we'll know everything in four to five, four to six years. Uh, you know, how it turned out. Yeah, the one thing that I, I think we're both going to be doing is, um, you know, every day there you get to read up on like the beat writers going through the Detroit Red Wings, and right. I think this is definitely going to be a year or two where you're just going to be glued to the minor league reports. Um, mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to be excited to kind of watch these guys develop. Uh, but Matt, as Eiserman has said many times, or at least we've referenced it many times, uh, you got to ice a team. Uh, so with that said. You know, it wasn't just uh, the draft that we had, man. Free agency is open. Woo! Um, the Red Wings wow. uh, we did didn't not plan part- that, everybody. That was uh, that was scary. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we came out of the same womb, so we're gonna make a lot of the same sounds. Uh, but we, we went to the free agency well this week, Matt. Uh, but but boy, did we go shopping. Uh, we went really uh, bargain hunting here. I'll say. Uh, you know, we went to some outlet malls. We got some some unloved articles, um, and one that I I I think it's got to be the talk of the town is uh, I don't know if you want to talk about uh, former Islanders uh, goalie here now a Red Wing or I think you you probably want to touch on Bobby Ryan, Matt. Um, as far as you know, we rate guys with who has the ninety nine overall height. How about overall feel good story? Uh, right. 99 overall has got to be Bobby Ryan. Um, well, I, I pointed out, like, y- you got to figure, you and I, um, a couple of pro wrestling fans, is there anything juicier than getting, like, an actual storyline? Yeah, uh, that narrative. In pro sports. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I think that's what we were really excited about. But here's, here's the kicker. Because if you want to talk storyline, like, Bobby Ryan is fine. And again, if we follow the ICER plan, this wasn't a signing that's going to push you over the edge. I saw some people getting really excited about what happened yesterday. And really, all we did was ice a team, and we set ourselves up with a ton of flexibility. That's the key. We are not looking at these signings yesterday and going, oh, my God, now we're competitive. Now, we are going to take a look at some of the advanced analytics for some of the defensemen we picked up and just kind of go, okay, there, there are some steps forward that we, we did make. But I can't stress enough. I'm sorry, everyone. This is not, these were not the signings to, 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 to take this team over, like to push us over the edge. This, this was, these were signings, you know, for Bobby Ryan, you're talking about uh, a guy, if this works out, you've got some trade bait. And I think that's ultimately what we're looking for. Bobby Ryan got what he needed and, um, you know, making sure that he has some control in, uh, in a no movement clause. So when they are ready to trade him, he's going to pick which teams he wants to go to. And uh, when when all these guys walked out and said, I trust Iserman, I don't think it was like that idea of like, uh, you know, you have like your players coach. I don't think it was just like, you know, I trust Iserman because he used to be a player. Most of these GMs have that relationship with the NHL. I think what happened was Iserman was like, look, I'm not going to fuck. I'm not going to keep you on this team forever. I'm signing you to a deal that's going to make you easy to move. 
if you can prove to the rest of the NHL you still got it, you can head on over to a championship team. Uh, I'm looking to ice a team. I have a ton of prospects I can pull up at any time and we can give them a look. But if you want some ice time, if you want a chance to show the rest of the NHL that you can help another team win a Stanley Cup, that's what's going on here. All right? I, I, I don't know if I can stress that enough. Now, I know, like John Merrill... He has uh, another heart heartwarming story about um, you know playing playing here in in the Michigan area, and uh, he said if he ever had that chance to come back to Detroit, he would take it. I I still uh, we'll we'll take a look at the advanced analytics in a second, but I you know I still want to stress like I I I think I think we got to calm down <laughs> in regards to what these free agent signings mean. I I don't. I don't want to see as many conversations as I did yesterday that were like, this lineup's crazy, man. This is all, look at <laughs> what Blashill has to work with. Because the last, the other thing that's ridiculous is you can't look at this and go, man, if Blash locks this up. No, it's not. We didn't take leaps and bounds into Stanley Cup contender. No. Blashill's still got some, a lot of unknowns. Uh, uh, you know, it'll be fun because Eiserman said Zadina's NHL ready. This is not a thing where we're playing him in the AHL anymore. So, you know, Blashill got to wake up uh, and shine that that head extra shiny because uh, <laughs> I, I think I was trying to make a polishing his knob joke and it didn't come out right. But, you know, now he's got a Zadina <laughs> for the full season. Uh, right. I just... Uh, you know, I, I just want us all to, to come back a little. I, I don't want us to jump in and then the first week of the season, you know, we're starting 0-3 and, and then we're calling for Blashell's head. I think we're still at a very similar situation where we're going to expect another lottery pick. And, um, you know, maybe I'm being too pessimistic here, but I, I, I don't I don't hate any of these signings. I think we've been pretty clear on our social media. I'm being clear right now. I think these are amazing signings. Um, when I was, uh, we have threads, Mike, for the, the hockey podcast network. I kept saying, awesome. Another signing that cannot hurt us. It this... can't hurt us. None of these signings can hurt us. This is amazing. This is what you want from a building team. The last thing you wanted was to see Tori Krug for eight years and he tears his Achilles in game one. And now we're stuck with Tory Krug for seven years and, you know, 364 days. And we're paying him out the ass. Like that, that not happening means we won free agency. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you think about um, a lot of these teams that are kind of like over the cap and trying to figure out what they can do, um, it's teams that have guys that are like, you know, 31, 32, 33 years old. And they've kind of, underperformed on you know six seven eight year contracts and so these teams are trying to juggle uh keeping their you know teams competitive and getting under the salary cap um so that's you know instead of the red wings uh like you just said with you know tory krug um you know they they definitely probably could have made an offer for him i i just don't i bet you they didn't even make a call um because what they'd rather do in this in this uh era where we have to worry about covid um there's going to be a flat cap probably you know at least this season probably next season for sure um there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be in real salary cap hell and you know there's going to be that one olive branch uh you know into not you know being penalized and it's it's going to be the red wings so instead of signing guys like that what they can do is you know be snagging guys with only you know maybe 
three or four years left on those kind of deals instead of, you know, having to eat six, seven year deals uh, with these kind of guys. And you could be picking up draft picks. Um, so they're in just such a fantastic position here. Um, you know, cap wise going forward, because there's no commitment uh, to these players. If, if you go to like Red Wings, um, like their cap sheet, then it's, it's already excellent this year, right? They're still sitting on, you know, over 20 million, you know, obviously some of that's going to be going to, you know, some of our restricted free agents. But mm-hmm. if you're looking ahead to like 2021, 2022, they only have like $15 million committed um, to like their forward spots. You go to 22, 23, there's like, it's just Larkin. They just have Larkin committed, um, you know, in two years. So obviously that's going to change a bit with, you know, with the twos and Mantha, um, but they just have so much flexibility. Um, they, they can literally do anything. Um, and at that point, you know, maybe some of these prospects, maybe Lucas will be ready to, you know, play some games in 22, 23, something like that. Um, so it's, it's, it's really just an excellent plan. You're, you're, you have roster space. If some of these prospects, you know, um, bloom a little bit sooner than expected, and then you can still get more of these, um, uh, like Mark Stahl deals. Uh, I honestly, I, I'm still waiting for them to, you know, make some calls to like the St. Louis's, uh, to the Washington's, to the Anaheim's, uh, to the Coyotes, uh, these teams that are over, um, you know, and try and snag some more draft picks for next year. Um, Absolutely. I think, I mean, they, they've given themselves that space and that flexibility. And I, there, there was, uh, there was the tweet yesterday from, um, maybe it was cat friendly transactions listing all those UFAs. And, and my response mm-hmm. to that was, this is a snapshot of uh, strategy and flexibility. Like if you're looking at this and going that there's anything less or, or anything negative out of that, there's absolutely nothing. It's it's all the Iser plan. It it was like that is the image of the Iser plan is seeing that list of however many guys just all right, this is it. This is how many guys could potentially be leaving the team, but ultimately uh you know, gives us all the room to to give larger contracts. Um like uh what god, there's so many things that keep popping in my head because we have to worry about the expansion draft with Seattle. Uh, we have to worry about the fact that these teams are not getting revenue. So a lower cap number uh, for the Red Wings, or not a lower cap number, a lower salary number, uh, means that they're paying, I mean, it's just, I'm sorry, it's just dollars and cents here. We're paying less money out to guys. It's so simple, but like that's a thing that if we could get it right to that floor, yes, we have a ton of flexibility for movement, but I also am super concerned <laughs> about what you know what's going to need to happen moving forward with with how much uh they're, they're still going to be playing out paying out these players um i think even though there's a signed agreement between the you know the players association and the nhl we know the nhl i think we have to look out for like that next conversation where they start asking for more money back or or the players holding back even more funds um God damn. Uh, I'm sure there's a clause in there. If they hold out till past, you know, if, if they hold out till January, then they have to restructure the contracts or something. So I I'm just saying there's probably something that's going to happen in that regard that Steve Eisman and his team are, are taking a look at. And, and yeah, I mean, free agency is, uh, it, it should be boring. I'll say, um, 
you know, uh, the Red Wings, like, think about getting, like, you know, Stephen Weiss, uh, Franz Nielsen. Um, yeah. And now yeah. it's like, as soon as those contracts were inked, it was like, ugh, I can't wait for them to be over. Um, so this is such a, a better way to build a team, to not prioritize anybody expensive um, and just take advantage of dumb teams that are still, you know, making a priority to sign UFAs who, right. you know, usually at that age, it's, you know, you're getting towards the end. Um, so you, you know, might get a really excellent, you know, first and second year out of the deal, but, you know, then you're really dragging down um, the rest of the roster uh, for, you know, years three, four, five, six, seven. Um, so I, I, we're just, I'll we're in just such a great spot. I'll say I'm I'm here for the discussion that Steve Eiserman sees a ton in, in Zadina and wants to get the season started so then he can sign him early and uh you know put put himself in the those Nathan McKinnon type situations where you have an absolute elite superstar that is super underpaid. I think we've made it pretty clear on our show that we're not huge fans of that. Um <laughs> we we don't like when these players get screwed on their contracts. But we're also talking about a, a Steve Eiserman that, you know, helped build the Tampa Bay Lightning to just winning a cup. So it'd be hard to say like that wouldn't be one of the things on his mind is he, he wants to keep space available so that when these guys uh, can sign a long term contract, he's going to have the space to do it. And, you know, the sooner he does that, the lower those contracts are going to be long long term. So that that's definitely something that, uh, on his mind. But um Mike, we're we're almost at uh, we're almost at an hour here, and I had all these stats prepared. Um, let's see if I can. No, make I just happen. The last thing I was going to say, Matt, is um, I really love the way Eiserman is going to. He's it looks like he's been doing two things, right? So as an NHL player, there's uh, the life of a contract has three spots. There's when you're really tre- cheap on your you know uh, like drafty contract, right? You're still a rookie those couple of years. Mm-hmm. Then here's your RFA years. Um, when you you know start to that's when you make your big money if if you've been successful at this early stage so this is your big money and then kind of towards the twilight that's when you know if you're looking at like Valtteri Filppula um you're just signing him for a couple of years like 3 mil um you know it's not really doing a lot of damage um you still have um flexibility Eiserman is just saying goodbye to this and he's just getting the cheap guys at the end of their shelf life or he's just stocking up on a million draft picks this is such a great way to manage your team when you stink don't try to go for this because this is much you know we talk about nhl draft being a gamble just trying to get as many lottery tickets as possible but this is a much bigger risk right here than this because this can make your team suck for multiple years if this guy is expensive and he's only good for you know a season or two right so this is the risk there's no risk in this. All right. So jumping into comparing uh, a couple of our new guys here. Uh, so I don't, again, we're, we're almost at, uh, we're almost at an hour here. We haven't passed it already, but uh, what I want to do is just pull up uh, naturalstattrick.com and we'll, me and Michael just kind of give you this rundown of like, what, how, how do you use these analytics to kind of compare these guys? And then what are we seeing that could actually be looked at as, as an upgrade again? I think I was pretty clear that I, I don't see this team, you know, moving too far past uh, too far up from worst in the league. Uh, I think we can move up from 17 wins. Uh, obviously completing the season would help there, but 
I, I think that win percentage can definitely come up, but again, I, we're we're still in that that lottery area. So um, if I do this, let's see. Um, I want to share my screen real quick here. I'm just going to kind of pilot myself through here because I should have been more prepared. All right, here we go. Everybody see that clearly? How's the class doing? Okay, so <laughs> what we're looking at first here, it, uh, uh, the Detroit Red Wings numbers. And what I want to point out, expected goals, four percentage. If we can actually do a quick class here, uh, that expected goals for percentage, you can see the expected goals for and uh, expected goals against number. That's the XGF and the XGA. So that percentage is basically saying that if you are above 50%, your expected goals for is better or uh, higher than the expected goals against. And um, why is why is that important, everybody? Um, that, that pretty much means from where shots are being taken and how many shots are going out there, like how many goals is it? based on percentages you know what's the likelihood that you're going to allow a goal or or get one while you're on the ice and uh another thing i want to point out everybody just keep a quick eye because we are going to be switching screens here in a second uh is the uh the scoring chances for and against as well um you can see like philip peronic uh look at the scoring chances for is 410 against is 516 that puts his scoring chances for percentage is a 44.28 percent okay so I think we're all in agreement that Philip Aronik is our best defenseman. Correct? Correct. Okay. Here, here. <laughs> all right. So if uh, if I go in here again, and uh, we're going to share one quick look at uh, Trace. So I'll, I'll apologize here. I should have looked it up. Is it Trace Stetcher or Stecker? Um, maybe, um, Jesse, if you're still watching, you can send me uh, the phonetic is, if it's a Stetcher or Stecker. Um but I, I want to share that real quick. Let me make sure that this looks good. Uh, so if if you kept in mind uh, what the 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 scoring or the uh, yeah the the shots against or the scoring chances against actually let me pull up those scoring chances against uh, you can kind of see uh, where everything's lining up. There they are. Where there's actually more scoring chances against and uh, uh i'm sorry more scoring chances for than what we were looking at with heronic and uh less scoring chances against so when we're playing we're plotting out like this expected goals percentage so we looked at the expected goals for and the expected goals uh against and let me back up here again make sure we're looking at the right numbers and again this is for uh stetcher the expected goals percentage is far below, uh, you know, what what you'd want to expect or what you'd want to see from. Uh, how do I want to put this? Um, we're we're just we're not at that fifty percent threshold, right? So we're at forty six point two. Now we just saw Heronix at forty four. So why did I bring up Heronix first, Mike? It's because we know that he's a great defenseman. Uh, but but that being said, with him being the great defenseman, we are accepting that as truth. Um, if we go back to Stetcher's numbers and compare the last, uh, season, he has less scoring chances against and more scoring chances for, all right. So that percentage is actually a, a kick up from what we saw with Heronic. So am I saying that, uh, he's better than Heronic? No, I'm saying that this, this is something where at least, um, from the perspective of, of, can this guy, 
put us in that that similar realm I, I obviously not from an eyeball test sort of thing um i think ultimately i i think the picture uh, i'm trying to paint here is that we we don't necessarily see a guy that's that's um that's gonna make that huge change for us uh i mean vancouver's a team that saw a lot more success than we saw so when we see heronics numbers are so low we know that the team around them isn't performing at they're not performing at the level of a vancouver canucks right we can agree with that uh so if we're looking at these numbers and they're not doing so hot for a team that was more successful for the red wings i just want to pull back on the excitement based on what the analytics look like um now another thing we could look at here if if you look at stetcher with the uh, expected goals against and then goals allowed is actually uh you can compare 42.19 to the 34 actually allowed so here's the thing he's putting his team in situations or at least while he's on the ice they're giving up these these juicy chances it's just there is enough like from the perspective of shot blocking and goaltending that's keeping goals off the board so there's more success for vancouver when you talk about putting them on the ice you you you're seeing it with a team that was more successful than detroit and the goals weren't going in, but if you put them on a team where maybe the goaltending is not so hot, um, and we can make the argument again, we were calling Bernier like our, our pseudo MVP um, because he, he just really was the guy that kept us in all those games. Um, you know, do you, do you still get the same save percentage or is it, you know, you had Markstrom over for Vancouver, not anymore, but was that the difference maker? Um, so I think it's ultimately you're looking at how many of these expected goals against situations or or what that expected goals against would be. And you want to go closer to that number uh, for, for Detroit because that's, that's kind of what we're seeing is all those numbers were inflated. We we're actually going over what the expected goals against was supposed to be uh, in Detroit. So that that's kind of the scary thing. Um, so to, to sum this all up, I think I'm a little scattered here because I, I didn't prepare this well enough. I should have just grabbed like two stats and said, this is what we're going to talk about. Um, but that, does any of this make sense, Mike? So you, you've got an expected goals percentage. It's actually better than Heronic, but you had a team that performed better uh, in Vancouver. It's just the points are are hard to make, if only because... Um, there were a lot of games where uh, Red Wings defensemen were playing with Jimmy Howard, <laughs> so it's it's kind of like you gotta you gotta kind of skew the numbers a little bit. Um, I, I I'll I'll take your word for it, Matt. Um, <laughs> well, just like the the quick example is you look at um, uh, Heronic's expected goals was forty seven point seven. And his actual goals against was 66. That's that's a huge jump up. So like I I I guess I guess the point I'm trying to make is this these numbers could get they could get uglier just to kind of prepare everybody. Like if you're gonna use analytics the way that you're supposed to draw those conclusions, uh comparing Heronic again, and we have a ton of confidence in, we love Heronic. We're not saying you know, he's, he's bad. We're saying he's, he's, you know, his numbers are a reflection of the, of the team around him, the goaltending around him. So <laughs> could we see 
uh, you know, if the goaltending doesn't make it up to snuff, uh, are we going to see that? So I guess you're you're making the right point where you're like, well, Jimmy Howard's not an element to this equation anymore. So maybe we're just going to see everybody's numbers go up. But uh, I, I guess I, I'm still I'm still cautious. I I, I want to at least bring these numbers up to say uh, let's let's pull back on, on the excitement and just remember that we signed these guys to ice a team and uh, for flexibility. Is that fair? I will accept it. Okay, I, I'm gonna. I feel like I I didn't prepare this enough, but uh, we're we're kind of looking at a, a better situation. Like everything for Merrill points in the opposite direction. It's just uh, we have we have our man on the inside, uh, Dave Aikman, who actually covers the Vegas Golden Knights, but he grew up in Michigan. Um, he made the, the great point that Merrill couldn't stick on the team for the playoffs. So even though uh, when we take a look at Merrill's numbers, I won't pull them up here. I'm not going to bore everybody with that again. Um, but the expected goals percentage is actually at, uh, uh, 55.57% for the past season. Problem with that is again, how many shots that the Vegas golden Knights, like they, they are a possession monster, uh, every night. So even though Merrill's numbers look amazing, uh, I mean, that's all the Vegas golden Knights do is they just pepper their, their opponent. So this is going to be something where Merrill's coming into a situation where, we're going to get outshot every night. He's in the exact opposite situation. So it'll be interesting to see how he handles that. The one signing I thought we could have a lot of fun taking a look at is, uh, is that Grice signing, because if we're going to have success, we're going to have to play a similar game that the Islanders play, right? We got to play it tight. We got to, you know, as best we can just get in front of the net, block shots. Uh, this, this is, the success comes from like basically copying what Barry Trotz did. If if we were ever gonna sniff a playoff spot, that's that's what we we'd be doing this season. So it is uh, from that perspective, it's nice to know that um, Grice Grice would be that option. Grice is that um, you know I don't know how this is gonna play out with Bernier or Grice. We know Bernier can find some success with the team that's in front of him, uh, but if again we're gonna adopt more of a style like the Islanders, which I think it's easy to make that argument. That's that's a way for us to find wins. We know that uh, we know that he's had success there. Yeah, I. Uh, it would be really nice if we had Grice's uh, age thirty three season and not his age thirty two season. Um, because if you look at age thirty three, that save percentage was pretty sexy at nine twenty seven. Ooh, <laughs> five. Ooh, five shutouts. We always love those, right? Yeah. But uh, age thirty two, that save percentage was uh, eight ninety two um so uh i i i hope that uh grice is ready to get peppered um i hope he's he's got a nose guard because he's gonna get some pepper um it's gonna be the i guess he's one of those guys they use the uh cliche uh scouting report and be like well if you if you give him a lot of games he needs a he needs a little uh needs to get cooking in the kitchen you know to really get some momentum um, so I, I hope he's, you know, prepared to, uh, kind of take a backseat to Bernier. It's, it's going to be split, but I got to think Bernier has earned, uh, more of the starts, um, just because of some of the Herculean efforts we've seen him, um, you know, put on with the, with the Red Wings, uh, we'll call it defense, um, in front of him. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's going to be interesting, Matt. Um, you know, we got the DeKaiser back, we got, you know, a couple of these, defensive defensemen coming in and maybe even a most cider seat uh sighting this season uh 
I don't know. It's uh, you know, excited for the new season. But, you know, we'll we'll see here in three months what uh what COVID has in store for us. Oh, well that was a <laughs> That was a bummer to end it on. Um, I, I think, uh, I think again, just to kind of wrap up the free agency conversation, uh, uh, I do want to just state again, it, it is kind of fun to see that Grice is coming in, knowing that we we could actually be mirroring, uh, mirroring what, um, you know, you see the defensive defenseman coming in. Are we actually going to try and get some wins here? And Grice has shown success in those, those types of styles. Uh, we also have seen that the Red Wings, you know, can have some fun if they try to open it up and get in a couple of goals. So, do we want to have fun this year? Do we want to win? I, I, I mean, I'm kind of siding towards fun, but if we actually try to win, uh, that's where that's where Grice comes into play again. Um, and then, yeah, uh, the the main point here is is all that flexibility. Um, I, I do ultimately see Bobby Ryan and and Grice. Um, and then if you know if if Merrill or, or Stetcher want to, you know, if they step it up through the the entire season here. I think you're ultimately just looking at a bunch of trade pieces uh, or some potential here uh, for more draft picks coming our way. And even if it's not this year, it's it's next year. As you bring up Bernier too, he goes hot. I don't hesitate. I, I know last year we talked right from the beginning of the season. Um, so we're, you know, this is a whole year ago. We were like, all right, let's see if we can move Jimmy Howard. And, uh, you know, obviously that season didn't work out. So we were able to move Jimbo, but um I mean, if something pops up early on, we're we're going into uh, let's say the season starts in January, we move into February. Um, now that you have a Grice, I think I think you've just really cemented there that Bernier is on the market. Uh, that's 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 where I'm at right now. Um, or whoever wants to pick up either one of these goalies, if they have a preference, I, I'm giving it to them. Uh, I'm taking draft picks. Uh, and again. You know what? Ultimately, we said we we couldn't really know what the Iser plan was, but now we're through two drafts, we're through two free agency periods, and a, we're not through it. I'm sorry. Uh, we've at least started two free agency periods. So there could be a huge signing. We, we bring over Taylor Hall, and this means nothing. I doubt that's going to happen. But I think yeah. what we're is, uh, you know, we are we are definitely building, weaponizing the salary cap. We are going to build through the draft. We're not going to build this team through free agency. Iserman said that, but now we know it. Um, so so moving forward, that's what you got to look out for. You got to look out for more moves that are just going to keep giving the Red Wings more draft picks. Um, I, I'm, you know, you got to got to hope there's another first rounder coming in uh, this year or uh, or next year. All right, Mike. We are definitely over an hour. I can. I finally saw the the, the marker, the timestamp, an hour and eight minutes. Uh, we have a lot of things to go over, so it's it's okay. But we're we're wrapping up here, everybody. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, I might actually delete that entire analytics discussion because because it just was not working out the way I wanted it to. Switching between. <laughs> um, maybe it makes more sense if if you're not watching a screen. Uh, but. Yeah, let's uh, let's wrap this up. Everybody, thanks for tuning in. Um, we are uh... shoot. You know what? I forgot to bring up. Uh... We wanted to do a giveaway. Fuck. All right, we'll get we... it next week. Yeah, we'll do it next week. All right. Uh, find us at Bod Hockey. Uh, find the Hockey Podcast Network at Hockey Podnet, and uh, we are located um, online at BodPodcast.com and BrothersOfDiscussion.com. That is the hub for all things Brothers of Discussion. You can find all the archived episodes and uh, all the links to our social networks and our YouTube page. If you could do us a huge favor, head on over to Apple Podcasts and uh, subscribe, rate, and review, and uh, we can see 
can see those numbers pop up for us. It, uh, it does a great deal of good. And you can also um, subscribe, rate, and review for uh, the Hockey Podcast Network as a whole. They have a ton of shows that come out. Um, so you've got uh, the, the 31 episodes on Monday, and then we've got scattered shows throughout the week as well. So uh, some uh, subscriptions over there gets you a lot of good hockey content. All right, everybody, thanks again for uh, tuning in. Look at this. We have four people pop in as we're wrapping up. All right. Oh. Tune in, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> have, a, have a good one. <laughs>